0: I sentence these monkeys to hard labor. What is this, little women? It very much is not.
1: You're gonna get lost and kiss someone inappropriate. Welcome to Up Yours Downstairs, the podcast that's not beautiful and has practically no breasts.
0: I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Tom Schneider.
1: We are properly married. We're
0: being awfully English about this, aren't we?
1: The whole point of this podcast is that we're Anglophiles, Tom. Yeah, you're right. Like, you know, drink the Kool-Aid or get the fuck out. Right. Right.
0: I don't think it's fair to say we have practically no breasts. I mean, even average between the two of us, yeah. I think we're doing all right.
1: Yeah. Like, if you take the average of our breasts, we're both a C cup. <laughs> like, it's, uh, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> Welcome back, cousins. This is our recap of A Passage to India yes. based on the E.M. Forrester novel of the same name. <laughs> right. And, uh, we're excited. We liked this a lot. We did. We
0: were shocked. We did not expect to like it at all. No. Um, Even
1: in the face of egregious brown-facing, <laughs> we were like, well, uh, they were idiots back then. Right. And that uh, was,
0: it was the style at the time. It
1: was, for some reason, yeah. really, really was the style. Yeah.
0: And I mean, really, I mean, it is, you know, for what it's worth, there's only one character. There are, one of the protagonists is, in fact, an Indian man played by an Indian man. So. Yeah. And
1: most of the Indian cast are right.
0: Indian people. It's just one instance.
1: Yeah. Uh, and actually, I mean, they
0: played it straight. It wasn't like he was playing a character. Right. I'm sorry, a caricature. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I didn't think.
0: It It didn't seem that way to me. I mean, it was the most inscrutable of the characters, in a sense. Yeah. But, but I mean, I mean it is, you know, it's Alec Guinness, and he, if he knows how to do anything, it's bring, like, a sense of, of like, professionalism and you know weight to mm-hmm. r- even ridiculous characters like obi-wan kenobi
1: yeah that's true <laughs> uh no and i mean well in the character and we'll get into it more but he was supposed to be inscrutable even to the other indians
0: right right so that yeah. you know that yeah, did, yeah, yeah. It,
1: that you know if it had been the only indian character right, right. in the movie and they were like oh he's so inscrutable then i would have been like hey yeah this is awfully racist even for the 60s is
0: yeah.
1: that when this happened
0: uh, maybe the 70s. It was, you know, it was uh, uh David Lean, who also did Lawrence of Arabia, which we will be doing at some point.
1: And Bridge on the River Kwai, also starring out at Guinness. Right. In case anybody's keeping
0: score <laughs>
1: with your Guinness card. <laughs> <laughs> Get a hole punch every Guinness, then your 11th Guinness is free! <laughs>
0: No, this only applies to Alec Guinness, not the beer.
1: Yeah, not the beer. (laughs) Uh, Also, I'm not sure how you claim your Alec Guinness (laughs) since he has long since passed. (laughs) Right. Uh, Anyway, yeah, but the uh, the point is, we really had a great time watching this. Yes. Uh, Notably, not a Merchant Ivory joint. Right. Which may have had something to do with it. Yeah. Uh, It's hard to say.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and this is just about the first thing we've watched in the run of this podcast. That had, like, reasonably interesting and complex things to say about any sort of race relations. Yeah. So. Or just
1: another culture, period. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as... Which is
0: the whole point of this Empire exhibition, is to try to get some, you know, other cultures yeah. up in this joint.
1: No, because, I mean, if you look at just the way that the Italians are portrayed in literally everything <laughs> that we have done so far. Right. And, I mean, the fact that Ian e. Forrester did A Room with a View... Mm-hmm. and also this i'm like what is it about the italians exactly <laughs> that the british just can't go there is it that they you know have you know romance language in common and they don't understand right why they're not just british
0: yeah i mean i think you know the italians like are very much not british and, and have no excuse like they could be british like you know the, the French and the Germans and all those, they at least sort of get it and understand that you have to, you know, repress yourself and have ranks in society and everything like that. Whereas Italy is just like, ah, yeah, whatever, just the poison, the duke, and, uh, <laughs> you know, oh, life is a beautiful and all that. Yeah. And the British are like, it very much is not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's got practically no breasts. Uh, incidentally, 1984. Oh, okay. A passage to India. All so right. later than we thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a bit late for Brownface.
0: <laughs> a little bit, but I mean, you know, not really. Yeah, like... that's true. Yeah.
1: Uh, incidentally, we'll get to more of this momentarily. <laughs> Before we get into that, it's time to announce our cousin of the week. Yes. Cousin Danny writes, Dear Kelly and Tom, Greetings, cousins. I have been rewatching Downton Abbey today, and I noticed in episode one of series one that the Dowager Countess references the gaiety when complaining of the glare of the dreaded electrical lights. I, of course, immediately thought of Miss Ellen Love from Mr. Selfridge and was delighted at the callback. Forgive me if you guys had already noticed that on your first watching of Mr. Selfridge. Hope you are both well, your cousin Danny. Uh, which is a delightful little tidbit, which yeah. I don't know if we did or not notice. I don't think so we don't care enough to go back and check (laughs) right uh
0: (laughs) but yeah no i mean just listening to that i was like wow the electricity like right so
1: much has happened (laughs) like dowager counter she's she's down with the electricity now oh yeah she's she's all about
0: it it. electricity everywhere
1: yeah let's (laughs) do it you know Uh so congratulations, cousin Danny. And if you, cousins, would like to throw your hat in the ring to be cousin of the week, feel free to send us a telegram. We are UpyoursDownstairs at gmail.com. Uh Carrier Pigeon, we're at five Maggie Smiths. That's at five the number five Maggie Smiths, or just search Up Yours Downstairs on Facebook and send us a message. Word to the wise, much easier to become cousin of the week during the hiatus because we <laughs> get significantly fewer uh Correspondence Correct So just a little Eh eh Wink wink Nudge nudge From us to you Yeah Uh, If you've never been Cousin of the week And you really want to be Cousin of the week Odds are better
0: (laughs) Yeah Alright so let us Dive into A Passage to India Which is By the way A long movie Also uh, Available Online As was Room with a View Mm -hmm. Last time In its
1: entirety On YouTube Yeah So thanks Copyright Pirates
0: Right Although I feel like when you see the whole movie online I'm pretty sure that the royalties are getting paid because Oh,
1: that's a good point actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they they that's when Google took over YouTube. They're like, "Listen, we got to figure out a way to co-opt this." Yeah. And so they don't like if somebody does pirate it then YouTube sort of hijacks it and sends all the ad profits to the copyright owner. Interesting. And everybody's more or less happy. Interesting. So as far as I'm aware, you don't even have to feel that guilty about it. Oh,
1: great. Yeah. I love not feeling guilty about things. <laughs> right. It's my favorite hobby.
0: Yeah. We see uh, a bunch of umbrellas milling about and looking at a model ship of, you know, oh,
1: we've, um, we've skipped the interminable credit sequence
0: <laughs> with
1: close-ups pa- of an inanimate mural. <laughs> right. Did you? Why did you do that? Why would you skip over the most exciting part <laughs> of this entire
0: movie? Well, I was like, maybe we'll just skip this and pass the savings on to you. You
1: know, that's what the producers of the HBO series Rome were trying to avoid – Yes. Like and I am no lover of their credit sequence. You're not. I think it's one of the worst credit <laughs> sequences in HBO's history. Um but I do appreciate that they made an effort.
0: Yeah. As opposed to just being like, uh here's some pictures from India. Yeah. Like just put the camera on these and uh we'll slap the credits on there. Bam. Everybody's happy.
1: Yeah, I also wrote down what is this Hello Dolly? <laughs> and I don't know why. Okay. I can't tell you why.
0: I uh I know nothing of this Hello Dolly's. So. I think
1: maybe it was the music? I it don't know. Anyway, be. cousins, did you also think that this was like Hello Dolly?
0: <laughs> if so, why?
1: <laughs> <laughs> we want to hear your explanation.
0: So we see a young woman who is getting a ticket, a passage to India, in fact. <gasps> yeah. That's um, the name
1: of this movie. Oh, right. How weird.
0: We we see her name being written down. It appears to be Adela, like Questlove?
1: Yeah, Questlove.
0: <laughs> so we're going. Late singer of the roots. That's right. We're going with that from he- here, here on out. Yeah. And uh, she is getting a one-way ticket, and she is traveling with a Mrs. Moore who is getting a return ticket. So, okay.
1: So, like, what?
0: Right. And they're going to expect a, uh, a wacky ride, because apparently the new Viceroy is on their ship.
1: Well, anyone who's seen Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, knows <laughs> what to expect. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, America! Right. Ryan Johnson can't save us
0: <laughs> from those prequels. He really can't. Unless he invents a time machine.
1: <gasps> if anybody could do it, it would be Ryan Johnson. Yeah. He did Looper, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Get on it, Ryan. All right.
1: Our new savior, Ryan Johnson.
0: <laughs> uh, so then we see a big triumphal arch cheering confetti. Uh, some Indians kind of hang out in the corner unimpressed. Yeah. Uh, but we're in India. That yeah. was that was a passage For to India. A movie
1: called uh, "That's really my biggest complaint," <laughs> apart from the brown face in this movie, my second biggest complaint is, it's called a passage to India, and we see none of the passage.
0: Right? It's like, okay, they're in India. Movie over. Great. Yeah, gr- I was like, oh, this movie is ever. yeah,
1: you know, five minute podcast. Let's all go. You know, let's go to the candy store now. <laughs> It's what we do in our spare time when we're not doing this podcast. We just hang out at the candy store.
0: You know, the candy store. Yeah, you know. The
1: penny candy store. (laughs) Right. They've got a bit of honey for a penny.
0: That's right. They're right next to the druggist.
1: (laughs) Where we get a phosphate.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) So Questlove and... Presumably, Mrs. Moore are walking through the crowd, uh, and Moore is wishing that Ronnie had met them there, which would seem polite. They came all this way.
1: Spoiler alert. This is our first instance of Ronnie being a chode. Yeah. Ronnie is... Is he related to uh, Roderick Roddy (laughs) the Rodent Temple somehow?
0: Possibly. I'm going to say yes. Yeah.
1: Ronnie the Rodent? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. He is the worst. He's terrible.
0: Yeah. As a human being. So Moore and Questlove arrive at Victoria Station, and the collector's wife meets them on the train. Uh, they, attempt, they say that they already gave their ticket. Yeah,
1: they're thinking she means, like, the conductor.
0: Right. And she is like, oh, no, 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 that it's like a major administrative post.
1: I assume it's like the tax collector or something. Right,
0: right, presumably. Considering
1: how dickish they are, it must be to do with taxes.
0: Yeah. But, uh, the collector feels that it is a position that deserves respect.
1: Indeed. Yeah.
0: Uh, I didn't catch their name. I wrote down the Thurston's or something. Yeah. Which is something like that. And I wound up basically calling all the white people in this movie the Thurston's. Yeah.
1: I don't know if it was intentional, but it is nigh unto impossible to tell any of them apart.
0: Yeah. Which I have no problem with. Right. I mean, I think it it may well have been at least to an extent intentional. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: anyway, they're all pretty interchangeable. So if you want to know their character names, IMDB is a place that exists. (laughs) Right. Although, good luck figuring out who was who. Yeah. Because God knows we couldn't.
0: Yeah. Uh, In bed, Questlove wonders to more whether Ronnie could really have become a sob.
1: Okay, number one, Questlove needs to put on more clothes if she's sharing a room with somebody. Like, she looked (laughs) like she was naked. I'm sure she wasn't. But I was like, girl, I know it's India. (laughs) But you need your sense of propriety to remain intact. Um, Yeah, so we looked up sob. Which I've heard before mainly from Francis Hodgson Burnett's The Secret Garden Mm -hmm. and also, you know, the derivative mem saab, although I think the Indian pronunciation was Sahib, wasn't
0: it? I thought so, but they were definitely saying Saab in this movie.
1: Anyway, it's an Arabic word that means like friend, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, but in colonial British culture it was, you know, more or less perverted to mean, like, master. Right. Um, and it was used in the same way that you would say Mr. or Misses, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you wanted to call someone Mr., you know, you'd call him Sob. If you wanted to call somebody Mrs., you'd call her Mem Saab. Right. So they were honorifics that, you know... And actually, that word, you know, it has its roots in uh, Arabic, but it has found its way into i think something like nine different languages
0: mm-hmm. uh so that was interesting because I, I know it was the they use the same word um as i recall in borneo just from some memoir mm-hmm. i read of a woman that was a british woman in borneo before world war ii and got captured mm-hmm. um so yeah it got around um and in this context i you know i basically think what she's saying is has he become like you know a thurston a thurston yeah, yeah. exactly um or I think Nabob would have been a, a more like kind of slangy term for yeah. the same thing too. But
1: like a white person who's come in and, you know, like decided, oh yeah, I really do like lording it over all of these people. Yeah.
0: And let it get to their head.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because that's you know, um Mrs. Thurston the First
0: <laughs> Right. Uh
1: you know, her whole thing was like, a, oh, you know, ronnie's become a real sob just as we'd hoped right you know which is you know as far as we can tell from the perspective of quest love and mrs moore is like the borg (laughs) Um, yeah (laughs) you know they don't seem super impressed with the british colonial presence Mm -hmm. and it's unclear exactly why but you just get this feeling that they're not super on board with that particular aspect of being british yeah yeah uh which is a first I think in the coverage on this podcast, yeah. I don't think we've really had anybody crop up who's got any issues whatsoever
0: with the colonial aspect, right? Even on Manor House. Oh God, yes, yeah. Oh
1: God, poor Mister Raj Singh. Yeah, man. Still, if you haven't listened to our Manor House coverage, <laughs> stop. Go do that because those were cooler than
0: this (laughs) Um. we only just started this ah that's come on it could be great
1: all right you can stay (laughs) (laughs) but seriously check out manor house and our subsequent coverage because it's really great yeah
0: so there's a big welcoming band at the end of this train ride and soldiers and a throng of people (sighs) gathered around and Ronnie kind of steps out to to greet them and sees more leaning out the window, and then Questlove just like teleports to meet him on yeah. the <laughs> on the side. She's there. a woman of many talents. <laughs> she is very rarely uses them. You would think you know teleport? They could have skipped that whole train ride. Well, although she was they keeping did, this more look,
1: company. they already skipped the passage, oh, geez, man. I think right. her teleportation skills were taxed. It's a good point to the max.
0: So we see the controller and Mrs. Controller uh, riding along in a car and sort of nodding condescendingly at various people. Yeah. And honking the horn for everybody to get out of the way and kind of running down a couple of people who are uh, on bicycles mm-hmm. uh, two Indian men who are in like suits and get run off the road by the controller. They talk a bit about how English people suck mm-hmm. uh, and say that, in general, they give the English men who show up there two years before they become, like, sobs, mm-hmm. essentially, and the women six months.
1: Yeah. No, and I thought that was notable because in all the other Forster adaptations that we've watched, we've never seen another country from that country's perspective you know what i Mm -hmm. mean this is very clearly these characters pov yeah and like there's no white person around to interpret that for us right this is it's not a white person having this conversation and we do get that later Mm -hmm. but like our first you know sort of introduction to indian culture in this movie is through the eyes of these two guys
0: yeah there's plenty of this easily passes the minority equivalent of the bechdel test They, they live their own lives and talk to each other and everything like that
1: and, uh, no, cause I mean, we, you know, in a room with a view, we never see the Italian culture through the eyes of anyone Italian. Yeah. And in Morris, you know, whatever it was about, like, Greece that made uh, Hugh Grant not gay suddenly, which <laughs> I still think is a very specious claim. Right. Greece is the opposite of the place I would say to go to if you're trying to not be gay. Agreed. Um, anyway, but, like, we never see any sort of native experience. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was uh, immediately very interested in this movie for this reason alone. I was yeah. like, what? Really?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agency? <laughs> Get out. We see Questlove looking at a market, and then we see the you know clearly British quarter. We see the street names of Trafalgar and Kitchener and Wellington there, and like a red post box just like back home. And we see the cyclist arriving home, so he he lives in this British area. Uh, We see Questlove arrive at Fairhome, her new residence, and she sees the Marabar Mal.
1: Uh, I think it's Marabar. It, it is
0: Marabar. Okay, the Marabar Hills off in the horizon, which he had seen a picture of in the travel agents yes. at the beginning. We then cut to the court of magistrate. That's how I wrote it. Maybe that's how it was described. But anyway, the magistrate's know. court is, and the magistrate is Ronnie. He, sen- Boo. he yeah, he sentences some guy to two months hard labor for cheating. So I don't know if this... Like was, at Cards? Right. Is this like a Monopoly situation? <laughs> <laughs> like, seems a bit much.
1: Oh, uh, you didn't pass go. <laughs> Therefore, you are not entitled to $200. <laughs> go directly to jail.
0: <laughs> yeah. For hard labor. So his job is fun. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, hey, what's up? Have you seen the place? And Questlove has apparently been given the British tour of the town, of all the British things in it by yeah. the Mrs. Controller. Uh, then cut to them having cucumber sandwiches, which always makes me want to vomit <laughs> due to my long tenure in the importance of being earnest.
1: I just can't believe they actually made you cucumber sandwiches every time. Yeah.
0: Like well, productions I
1: mean, that I've been in, they just like stick two slices of bread together with miracle whip and like <laughs> call it a day.
0: Yeah. No, that was, that was their dedication to uh, authenticity. Wow. I suppose.
1: Impressive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mrs moore promises that they will have some more adventure and they you know in particular they're interested in seeing more like of actual india yeah
1: because they're hanging out at the club right, uh, right you know which is the british country club essentially and it is so boring
0: mm-hmm.
1: it is the boringest
0: yeah So we see the cyclist from before taking his auntie's temperature. She is in bed, and everybody's gathered around discussing. And as he is examining her, she is chiding him to get married and have children. And, you know, everybody sort of laughs. Ha <laughs> ha. Uh-huh. He writes her a prescription and uh, tells her to make sure n- uh, to never drink tap water and always boil it first. So he's a doctor.
1: Yeah. Uh, and we also find out, I think is that this scene... That we find out, like, you know, the, the guys who are there, I guess, you know, they're his cousins or something or his friends. Yeah. Like, it's not clear if she's actually his auntie right, or if right. she's, you know, that's just, you know, what he's calling her. Yeah. But they're, you know, saying, you know, to leave him alone because he, you know, works all the time and sends all of his salary to support his children. So he already has children. Yeah. Somewhere.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, then the doctor is told that he must report to the major's bungalow post haste. And he is not at all pleased by this, but he clearly is. Can
1: well, he was supposed to stay for dinner. They right, were. Right, that's what they it was. made him dinner. You yeah. know, I don't know if it was entirely in exchange for services rendered, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. It's like you want to have some dinner after you uh, diagnose a lady with dysentery. You right. know, like uh, let's let's do that. Yep,
0: but he can't. So he gets out there. Uh, it's late at night, and the major has left and has not left any message for him. Yeah. We then see two English women come out, take the cab that the doctor had rode in on, and be like, yes, we want to go to the club or wherever they're going. Uh, why doesn't he move? Yeah, And so then Aziz is like, go ahead, I'll pay you later. And so they, they take off. So he's got to walk back now. Yeah. Because some bitches. Yeah. <laughs> so we see him washing in a pool and just sort of hanging out there. And then Mrs. Moore wanders in and he is very angry at her for showing disrespect because this is a mosque, it turns out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she says that she had taken off her shoes and as she understood that was what was required. And he's like, oh, oh, well, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. And they agree that it is a place where God is present. And, you know, she agrees with that. And he's like, oh my God, this is... The, the first respectful interaction I have ever had.
1: Yeah, she's a significantly better person and chaperone than Charbar <laughs> ever was. Yeah. Oh, I missed my hilarious Aladdin joke because mm. he was standing there looking out at the moon and I was like, <laughs> Riff, raff, street rat, I don't buy that. He's very soulful, this Dr. Aziz. Yeah. Very uh, enthusiastic. Yeah. We haven't even gotten to the heights of his enthusiasm.
0: <laughs> no, we haven't. So she is apparently skipping a musical that is going on at the club that she had already seen and also sucks. And they discuss that she shouldn't be walking alone because there's danger and, like, snakes and stuff. He says that he can tell that she is new to India. Uh, they discuss the river, which is the Ganges, and says that sometimes dead bodies float by and there are crocodiles that live in it. And he reveals that his wife died uh, in giving him a son. So Mm -hmm. he has a son and a daughter and his wife died in childbirth.
1: Well, and you know, this is very cute because they both realize, you know, he's more enthusiastic than she is because she's very British, but he is like, Oh, you have a son and a daughter. I have a son and a daughter.
0: Oh, right.
1: So they, you know, basically are like, Oh, we're going to be like best friends.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, uh, it's very nice.
0: It is very nice. It's a very nice scene. Uh, so cut to the world's worst musical. Oh, my God. it's uh, It was so bad. And outside, Mrs. Moore is coming back, walking with Dr. Aziz, and it invites him in. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah, Indians are not allowed in that club. Yeah. That's sort of the whole point of that club.
1: Yeah. And she's very upset right. by this.
0: Mm-hmm. So she heads in and makes some racist small talk with various Thurston's then god save the king comes along and they all have to stand up for it
1: yeah it's really dystopian yeah really it is if you like just you know throughout the whole thing just the culture they've built there is psychotic yeah it is really messed up like for them as you know not as much as the indians but it's like okay so you've come here like they have to be more british than the british here
0: right right
1: you know and i mean it's just it's absurd
0: yeah I like also the – when they play God Save the King, it cuts to a shot of a crocodile hanging out the Ganges. Yeah, yeah. Crocodile don't care. Yeah, fuck that king. (laughs) I will eat him up. (laughs) But they decide to have a bridge party – which is not the card game, but it is a party that both white people and the better sort of Indian people will be at. Yes. So that they can, so that Mrs. Moore can finally mingle with some, you know, Wogs. Yeah. Since that's apparently her just baffling to them desire. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and not just her. Uh, Questlove, Questlove does as too. Well. Right. Right. And it, like none of them can understand.
0: Yeah. They're all very confused.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same you know, sentiment as Honeychurch expresses in A Room of the View, which is if all we're going to do is hang out with English people, we might as well have just stayed in England.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And nobody here is even making a pretense of going to look at the
0: art. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: For reasons we will see later.
0: At least there were giant naked men hanging around in Florence. Yeah. Know? Uh, so cut to the bridge party that is outdoors. Uh, a band is playing tea for two. Uh. Oh
1: my God. Someone invent the iPod already.
0: Yeah. (laughs) This is a horrifyingly awkward party. Everybody. It's
1: worse than a middle school dance.
0: Yeah. Like when the top Thurston's walk in, like everybody like applauds their entrance. Fart noise. Yeah. Ugh. It's awful. Um.
1: Also, awful, the band's outfits. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's just terrible. Mm-hmm. They've got like these feathered caps, and it's just, it's,
0: uh, terrible. Yeah. So, Moore and Ronnie sit, and we see Questlove talking with a man named Fielding, who is not racist.
1: Yeah, he is, um, apart from Mrs. Moore. The only one
0: in this entire movie. <laughs> right. And uh, what he is, he is the head of the government at college there, which is a college for Indians. So it's, you know, he, he works with them every day. Mm-hmm. So it's understandable that, that he has a different point of view. So he invites her to meet one of his Hindu professors, for whatever reason, I forget how it comes up.
1: Well, she's complaining about this party. Well, right. Because it's still, even with the better sort of Indians being there, it's very segregated. Yeah. And she's very annoyed that, you know, she was like, I want to see, you know, Indians. And I think also sort of more in, in their element and not being brought into. Right. Because this artificial. There's,
0: you know, it's, it shows how the Indians, like they're not super comfortable there. and Yeah. They're, it's, you know, and it's, it's and it's just like demeaning and it's
1: no i mean i think the the biggest interaction that we see is there's a group of indian women and as mrs moore goes by you know one of them's like oh this one speaks very good english and then they're all just sort of like yelling out names of british cities right and then another one's like oh and you know she speaks some french and i mean it's cool and it's like i bet they could have had a really interesting conversation but the thurston's just like are like okay come along you've seen them perform their right. tricks exactly let's exactly. move on yeah
0: yeah So Fielding is setting up a dinner with Questlove and Moore and this Hindu professor and also Dr. Aziz Mm -hmm. gets invited along. We
1: love that guy.
0: Yeah. Moore is very upset sitting with Ronnie about the horrifying scenes that we've discussed and Ronnie's acquiescence and becoming part of it. And he says that India isn't a drawing room. And also, also his magistracy and his, uh-huh. you know, punishing offenders. He says that this is isn't a drawing room, and you know, there's millions of them, and we have to maintain this standard and all this sort of thing. And and he doesn't give an inch on it. No,
1: and he's very uh, aggressive in defending himself.
0: Right. And then God Save the King plays again, and they all have to stand up yeah. in the middle of their conversation. Crazy. We see Aziz arrive at Fielding's place. Fielding is showering, so Aziz kind of hangs out, um, and says that he has heard about Fielding. Uh, he hadn't met him before, it's only through the encounter with Moore that he got invited to this dinner. And he asks Fielding, who is showering and then getting dressed behind like an opaque glass screen, uh, what, to guess what Aziz looks like, which is an odd thing. Yeah, it is very weird, but yeah. he's a weird guy. Yeah. Then Fielding says that he has lost his back collar stud, and Aziz says, oh, take mine, and steps out of view to, like, remove his own back, back collar stud. And he's like, no, 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 it's a spare. I always carry a spare stud. And Fielding's like, all right, you weirdo. I'm
1: but... <laughs> like, I'll take your collar stud, but...
0: <laughs> yeah. Fielding then tells Aziz who else is coming to the party. Mm-hmm. So the ladies arrive, and Aziz shows more the uh, tank, he calls it, the pool, out back. And talks about how his ancestors brought water with them everywhere. They traveled through deserts and all this sort of thing. But ever they were everywhere they went, there were fountains and mm-hmm. you know ponds and everything like that. Uh, so he's very proud of that. Also, the Hindu professor doesn't arrive as he has been there the whole time, just hanging yeah, out. Yeah, hanging back.
1: out and by the tank. Yeah,
0: uh, and this is Alec Guinness. Yes, and I just wrote his name is a bit long, so I just called him Prof everywhere in my notes. Uh, I forget okay, what it was. Great. Yeah. Questlove asks why some an Indian couple that they had met at the bridge party who had invited them over then did not meet their appointment. They had planned to pick them up mm-hmm. and take them over. And Fielding says they were, probably were ashamed of their house mm-hmm. and did not want to show it off. Aziz invites them to the Malabar Caves, which he has also not ever been to, apparently, but he's like, yeah, let's all go. It'll be great. We'll go. Uh, the professor... Under, Unimpressed by the Malabar Caves.
1: He's not even sitting with them. Yeah. This is what's so great about this professor. He gives zero fucks about anything.
0: Anything, yeah. And
1: he is, I mean, he's like, he strikes me as somebody who's doing like the Kabbalah of Hinduism, kind of. (laughs) Like, not in the sense that it's trendy for celebrities, but he's just, he's doing this more mystical yeah. interpretation of it somehow.
0: Yeah. Um, when at one point when they were setting up the dinner, he, uh, Fielding mentioned that he's orthodox.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: you know, in terms of what he could eat or whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, anyway, but so, Oh, and maybe that's why he's sitting away from them. It may be, that oh. they're eating something that he can't could be. sit near, could be, but he's sitting off to the side, mm-hmm. but you know, chiming into the conversation when it makes sense for him to do so.
0: Yeah. And he's like, a Malabar eh." I don't care. Yeah.
1: He does not care about those caves. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Because he has been there. So they sort of push him to describe and he's like, they're just caves. Shut up. (laughs) He's like, whatever.
1: I actually, I really like what they did with the Malabar caves. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, you know, they set them up very early and throughout the movie, people are like, we don't know why anybody goes there. Right. But there is like something about them. Yeah. Yeah. and I thought I just thought it, it was a device that worked really well for Ian e. Forster. Yeah. Uh, because there is nothing particularly I mean, you know, they're kind of like a standard for India. Like there's nothing about India.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, for I mean, you know, obviously trade routes and stuff for the British, but like in and of itself mm-hmm. as a place to be. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. Like just, whatever. But, place, but there's like something about it. Yeah. There's yeah. something about India. <laughs>
0: So they make plans to uh, see Fieldings' college. And then we see Questlove, Aziz, and the professor sitting at the pool and discussing reincarnation. Then Ronnie arrives and sees Questlove sitting with two Indian men, you know, unchaperoned, and is pissed off and basically drags Questlove away.
1: Yeah, it's really uncomfortable for everybody. Yeah. Because, you know, they were doing nothing. Like, nothing. Mm, right. And I don't even think, you know, my interpretation of it was that, you know, both she and Mrs. Moore thought the idea of any sort of cross-cultural attraction or romance or assault or anything was so ludicrous.
0: Right, right. And I
1: think that, you know, the two Indian men did as well. Like, they were just like, oh, we're just learning about each other's culture. Right. Like, this is very... It's just a dinner party. Yeah. Just hanging out.
0: It was a lunch party. Well, fine.
1: Get it straight. <laughs> it
0: was luncheon. <laughs> well that worked out yeah um, so sitting in a car Ronnie is ranting and ranting about filthy Indians or whatever mm-hmm. and says that look at that doctor he was missing his back collar stud you know dressed in his Sunday best and missing a back collar stud that's Indians all over for you
1: and I'm like I don't even think you understand what you've just said yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. well just that they can only pretend to be yeah Ugh.
1: yeah it makes me very angry as well
0: anyway he wants to go off and see Polo
1: <laughs> and because that's so fun.
0: Right. So they go see Polo, and Questlove is like, well, Ronnie, I don't think we're going to get married. Which has never been quite entirely clear what their relationship was. No, because, was. I mean,
1: you get the impression when, you know, she was buying her ticket. and She's like, yeah, I don't think I'm coming back. Right. And the dude was like, oh, well, if you change your mind, like, let us know as soon as possible, and we'll get your passage. But, you know, we're like, okay, so she's going to India to potentially stay there. But then it was... And, like, he kissed her when she arrived. Right, And we know she's traveling with his mom. But they weren't officially engaged. It was just one of those weird, like, understood things. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not totally sure how you go about having one of those things. But whatever.
0: Right. Well, I mean, I think... You know, I don't know how long he'd been in India and to what extent they'd met each other beforehand and
1: they knew each other reasonably well in britain right. that was the impression that i got yeah
0: i mean I, I did too but anyway you know that's what it is and it's it's over now at this polo match
1: and that's where they say that they're being awfully english because he, yeah, cause he takes bo- it in stride yeah, he's, he's like, like oh, okay
0: yeah fair enough dig yeah you know you seem to have this indian fetish all of yeah, a sudden no and
1: i think that's the thing too is like he thinks you know it's india when in fact it's actually him
0: yeah yeah Uh, And then Ronnie says not to tell Mrs. Moore for a few days, like, because she'd be upset or something. So that's kind of weird. But whatever.
1: Yeah, that's the most British part about it.
0: (laughs) So Aziz is hanging out with his pals. And again, it's just he's just got a you know a posse yeah that, that he has throughout the movie, uh, and they're discussing the plan that he made to take them all to the Malabar caves, which turns out to be way more complicated than he thought, because mm-hmm. the train doesn't actually go that the train doesn't actually stop that close to the caves, so you'll have he gets to, it, isn't
1: it twenty miles
0: something like that, which is a
1: long way, yeah. In India. So
0: they'll have to provide some kind of transportation, and that means they'll have to stop for a meal, and that means they'll have to have tables and chairs. Because and English
1: have... ladies will not sit on the ground. This is great, actually, yeah. because you get to see the, you know, the opposite uh, assumptions and stereotypes. Right, right. You know, because so often we only see, you know, the white stereotype of a culture yeah and so here we get to see the indians stereotypes of british culture because they're like oh they will not sit on the ground and like you know Questlove and mrs moore seem like they would totally sit on the ground yeah especially if there was a persian rug (laughs) right but um no just you know and this is all like things that they've heard about english ladies yeah
0: yeah no and just and that they'll need servants if there's going to be a meal Mm -hmm. like you know and all this sort of thing so he's like wow i bit off way more than i thought I could chew. I don't know what I was saying. Listen, you're just mixing
1: your, you know, cliches. (laughs) Let's all pretend this never happened.
0: I might just edit it out. Uh, So at White Dinner, Ronnie is apologizing for being such a dick in the car. And I forget how it comes up. Somehow Moore talks about how... Moore is saying something about carnal embracement.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, She says this kind of stuff a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I forget
0: why. But something about how men and women have been marrying each other for thousands of years and it hasn't led them any closer to understanding each other. Yeah. So.
1: Yeah. And they still haven't told her the engagements off. Right. So it's really odd that, I don't know, she's like, she's got a bit of the mystic about her as well, actually. She does. She's definitely got like a sixth sense.
0: Yeah. Well, and she's got kind of an old lady, I have no reason to care what anybody thinks anymore. Yeah. Sort of thing going on, too. Yeah. We see Questlove on her bike, biking through some kind of fairly rural area, reaches a crossroad, and she she chose the path less cycled by.
1: Yeah, and wound up in the middle of Jareth's bicycle labyrinth, and I'm like, (laughs) watch out! You're going to get lost and kiss someone inappropriate! It's what always happens in an E.M. Forster book.
0: Uh, She sees some fallen statues lying around and eventually finds an old temple.
1: And uh this is continuing the E.M. Forrester sex education through statues <laughs> motif that we've noticed.
0: Right, because she sees one statue of a man and a woman, presumably both gods. In a uh, carnal embrace. In a carnal embrace. And she's like...
1: Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what mrs moore's always yammering about
0: yeah she she takes a good long look she at that. gets
1: extremely flustered yeah like much more so than honey church did yeah like honey church is like oh so that's what beethoven was talking about <laughs> right and she's like i have literally never considered this <laughs>
0: right well questla doesn't have any beethoven to like work it out with either, no so. no
1: she's just got her boring ass cucumber sandwiches <laughs> right you can only eat so many
0: Right. So then, uh, she looks at the statues for a while, and then, monkey attack. It's
1: straight out of The Hunger Games. (laughs) Honestly, like, a suit, like... No sooner does she see the monkeys than they start attacking her. Right, and it's right out of Rise of the Planet of the Dawn of the Apes or whatever. <laughs> so she, you know, is is racing back on her bicycle to get away from the monkeys, uh, and she is unharmed, which right. I was kind of surprised by. I'm like, you would think those monkeys would have really gotten a couple licks in. Yeah, <laughs> but they were like, "These are our
0: sex statues. Get out of here." We're sick of English people coming and get all getting all erotic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's funny, too, just because, I mean, for clear lo- logistical reasons, there aren't ever actually any shots that have both Questlove and Monkeys oh, in the yeah. frame. So it's it it becomes sort of comical. It's like, are they even chasing you? Like, so <laughs> Ronnie is sitting at a desk, you know, sentencing various people to hard labor, I assume. And Questlove comes in. It's like, hey, I changed my mind. Let's get married. Which is a
1: weird... Um...
0: Was it the monkeys? Right. Was like because
1: it- he can't protect you from the monkeys. <laughs> he really can't. It's beyond his magisterial, uh, you know, bandwidth. Uh,
0: I sentence these monkeys to hard labor. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. I mean, I guess she thought she wanted to try out this carnal embrace thing.
0: I guess so. And I'm like, you know, there's way better people to carnally embrace, right? Yeah. It's not. Ronnie is not going to be anything like that statue. Like,
1: book your return passage to England and carnally <laughs> embrace one of those
0: chumps. Right.
1: They're right. not even sobs.
0: Yeah. Hell, book a passage to Italy. Yeah. They seem all about that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, then there's a party. And at first, I was like, are they married now? But I guess it was just like an official yeah, it's engagement, an engagement party. Yeah. Party. Uh, and she says that she doesn't feel excited. <laughs> like, oh, that's a good sign. Yeah, it's
1: a very good sign. Well, she, also says she doesn't feel any different. Right. More so. She's talking about this with Mrs. Moore. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Moore <laughs> continues her down with marriage campaign. And she's like, yeah, look, I've been married twice. And I do not understand what the whole <laughs> big fucking deal was.
0: Right. Uh, she apologizes for having been difficult. And when I still thought this was the wedding ceremony, I was like, oh, we missed the whole quest love bride episode. Yeah, yeah.
1: No. And I'm like, what do you mean being difficult? Like you're <laughs> not a person. Yeah. Like, you're a rag. We can't. She makes Lucy Honeychurch <laughs> look like a vibrant firebrand. Yeah. Like this woman, you know, portrayed by Judy Davis. If any of you watched uh, Me and My Shadows, the Judy Garland story. <laughs> or also she was in um, Marie Antoinette, Sophia Coppola's Marie mm-hmm. Antoinette. She was the uh, head of household I right think. right um anyways she's been around she's been in everything yeah she's australian also oh. just fyi that's what i know about judy davis <laughs> this has been fun she was in this movie as well
0: this has been the davis report yeah
1: so anyway so she's super boring like there's nothing yeah about her that i'm like you don't seem like you could possibly be difficult mm-hmm. like you just don't even have enough personality for anyone to notice you
0: right but she thinks she was uh, we see her dancing with Ronnie and then uh, going to bed alone. So that was like our engagement party.
1: Yeah. Well, and there's a big thunderstorm that night, mm. which is, I assume, an omen for her ill-advised marriage.
0: Yeah. Like And,
1: you know, relationship to India.
0: Yeah. Like Zeus is not impressed.
1: No. He's like, yeah. Uh, I birthed a child from my head. You're going to have to try a <laughs> little bit
0: harder. We see Dr. Aziz in his house greeting the morning and taking his own temperature. And then we see Ronnie and Questlove heading into church. Moore hangs back to check out some grave. And she says she hasn't been to Indian before, so I don't know if it's anybody she knows or if she's just...
1: I mean, she seems like she's entering a very morbid phase of her life.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fielding comes to Aziz's place. He apparently did have a slight fever, and his friends are all there hanging out. And then then the friends are all, as soon as Fielding arrives, very subservient. They all stand up. They're all trying to, like, offer him their chair and be very, like...
1: Obsequious.
0: Obsequious and, like, laughing loudly at any time he makes a joke and all this sort of thing. Yeah. And Aziz gets really mad at them for doing it. He's like, no, you don't have to do it with this guy. I'm telling you.
1: Yeah. Aziz is so high-strung, though. He is. He really needs to (laughs) get hit. He does. He is so energetic. Even sick. Mm-hmm. and i mean it's also interesting because the major who is his boss right like basically like he sent another there was another doctor who was seeing aziz to like right. make yeah, sure yeah. and like that doctor is now covering his rounds mm-hmm. but like also like he, you know the major's like keeping an eye on him right. to make sure he's really sick yeah and not like playing hooky
0: yeah uh but they they actually have a political discussion like the one of you know sort of the most daring of aziz's friends is like why do you think the british have a right to be here mm-hmm. and he's like uh you know fuck it i, I don't i don't yeah. know i just have a job like that's why i'm here well
1: and i mean first of all it's like Ian e. forrester knew that we pinko Kami liberals were gonna <laughs> be reading this years later this is great i mean this is yeah. one of the only i mean outside of gandhi which i feel like as a biopic doesn 't even really get into the political motivations mm-hmm. that 's about a figurehead right right but it 's one of the few movies i 've seen where they really actually engage with the concept of Indian independence and you know how terrible British colonialism actually was mm-hmm. yeah and Fielding is interesting because he you know he says he doesn 't understand that, but he says that he is very happy to be in India and people who people who aren't happy to be in india should be chucked out and yeah. they, then they all you know they all share yeah. a legitimate laugh together right, about right. how you know if you're white and you're going to be here don't try to make it into britain
0: right you right. know
1: live in the culture you know befriend the people there yeah you know be part of of the culture yeah it's really weird i kept thinking of actually through this whole thing i just reread the poisonwood bible Mm. um by Barbara king solver which Mm -hmm. cousins we won't cover because it has nothing to do with anything that we're doing yeah but that book is one of my favorite books Mm -hmm. and there's just so many similarities because that takes place in the um Belgian Congo. Right. And just the same things going on where you know all of the all of the villages and even the people's names are are very belgianized. Mm-hmm. And just the way that you know the native population relates to you know the white outsiders who come in and sort of what their expectation is. Yeah. You know and they you know prefer people who come in and meet them where they live. Right. versus in the Poisonwood Bible, it's about missionaries and the missionary in that one just kind of comes in and tries to assert his western privilege yeah but it's meaningless there mm-hmm. and you know i mean the british in this case they have an advantage in that they have you know seized economic control of everything and you know subjugated the population at this point
0: mm-hmm.
1: but um just like hey like quit being dicks yeah but they're not going to no they're really not that's not they're at really all. Uh, in just a few scenes they're really gonna double down on their dickishness they
0: are Uh, So Fielding is heading out and Aziz kind of calls him back at the door to apologize for his friends. And then he shows him a picture of his wife. He says that Fielding is the first Englishman that she's seen, Mm -hmm. um, because they, uh, uh, I don't know how to phrase it like kept purda or, or followed purda or whatever, mm-hmm. which is just, you know, keeping men and women separate yeah. among other things. But that's, that's the main yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's basically the practice of sort of veiling or wearing a burqa. That's part of purda yeah. and it has different names uh, depending on the culture. And actually, when I was looking into it online, uh, I saw this quote from somebody who said, basically, um, she was like, I never knew what a hijab was. Like, that—that that is a new word mm, because mm, mm. in my youth, it was always purda. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they didn't call it hijab. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, it's just – that was interesting. Yeah. So I would recommend just looking into that practice Yeah. Uh, and seeing what it was all about. I mean, there's definitely a lot of parts of it that I'm, like, horrified by. Right. But there's definitely – there's interesting interpretations of it.
0: Yeah. One is just interesting, too, that this is just – he – this is his culture, and he's neither he nor the movie particularly questions that are interrogates. So it. No. it's just it's just taken for well, granted. Well, but it's
1: also really interesting too because we haven't seen a whole lot of evidence of Perda thus far. We've seen a lot of male female interactions, mm-hmm. um, and we don't spend a ton of time with the Indian population, right? In this movie, right? Um, but even the scenes that we do, like it, it doesn't seem. Super segregated,
0: yeah. But well, I mean, this
1: is taking place in the 20s, right? So it's hard to say, sort of
0: what you know. You know, he's a doctor now, or, or you know that sort of thing. Or I wonder too: is it is he from this specific part of India? Because there's more Muslim versus Hindu parts. That's
1: true. And, like, I mean, he is, even, yeah, yeah. So even, he's a Muslim, right?
0: Right. So that, that could be a factor too. Or just that the scenes we're seeing are in market scenes, that's a bunch of, you know, Hindus hanging out yeah. that don't have the same things. And then if we were in the Muslim quarter, yeah. it would look different, possibly. I, yeah. You know, I don't know. Clearly. <laughs> he asks Fielding why Fielding's not married, and he says that the girl he wanted didn't want him. Then Aziz suggests, well, what about quest love? Huh? Huh? Yeah? <laughs> and he's like, uh, I don't think so. He's like, you're right. That's in, you know,
1: well, that's when he says she's not very beautiful and she has practically no breasts. Right. And it's hilarious. These yeah. two together are great. They, they, are. they win our award for uh, the M. Forster Thinly Veiled Gay Couple.
0: Yes. Award. Yeah. They, no, they definitely do. Fielding was in the shower when they met, for God's That's sake. That's true. That's <laughs> definitely
1: true. Well, and when we met Aziz, I was like, he seems like he might be the gay one. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Just, I
1: mean, we never see anybody with this level of vivacity yeah. in this time period. Yeah, And granted, you know, he's from a different culture and, you know, he's a doctor. He's highly educated right. with technical expertise. <laughs> he's kind of the, uh, the cousin Isabel of this movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. He wins he wins the Plucky Overbite Award as well. Um yeah, but I mean these two are definitely having a bromance. Yeah. Yeah. At the very least. Yeah. Do you think Ian Forster would have enjoyed the concept of a bromance?
0: Uh, I think I think earlier in his life, yes. I think later he may he might have found it, you know, beneath him.
1: Yeah, I think he would have been more militant by the time he was, you know, older. Yeah. Yeah. Than been like, you know, You know, bromance is really the equivalent of girls making out in bars. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Like, it's like, oh, you know, we're gay, but we're not gay. (laughs) Which is not an acceptable attitude.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he also suggests to Fielding that there's uh, prostitutes in Calcutta. Oh, man.
1: He gets really into the prostitutes in Calcutta. He is all about
0: them. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, let me tell you a thing or two. <laughs> uh, Fielding uh, eventually is heading off and he offers to cancel the Malabar trip for Aziz, knowing that it's way more complicated than Aziz probably thought, mm-hmm. and so that it would look like it was Fielding cancelling it and not Aziz, you know. Yeah. Then Aziz is like, no no no, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. By golly, I'm I've been planning it. We're, ah, this is gonna happen. Like, okay, crazy. <laughs> So we see Aziz waking up at the train station, which is one, something they had recommended because the train leaves real early. Mm-hmm. So they're like, to avoid tardiness, just spend the night there. Yeah. And, you know, surrounded by all the, you know, equipment that he has prepared yeah. for this expedition. The ladies in the train arrive, and uh Anthony, who is like Ronnie's servant. Yeah,
1: he's Ronnie's sort of like butler, I yeah. think. Yeah, Um I don't know exactly how the hierarchy would work, but...
0: right. But he's, he's...
1: He's the main dude.
0: Yeah. And uh, he is there, and Aziz does not want him there.
1: Well, Aziz doesn't... It's not even that he doesn't want him there. He's like, oh, no, we brought our own servants. Like, you can have the day off. Mm-hmm. And Antony is like, uh, no, I was told in no uncertain terms that I'm going. But uh, Questlove has whispered to Aziz. She's like, oh, I really don't like this guy. Mm-hmm. And so Aziz, you know, gives him some money and is like, no, no, no. Well, And, and Questlove dismisses him. And he's like, right. he's like, uh, you know, master was like, you're going. And she's like, well, mistress is like, get the fuck out. Yeah. So he's going off. And then so Aziz gives him some money for his trouble.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very, the, Anthony is a great, like evil servant. Yeah. <laughs> like he's
1: Got a super evil mustache. Yeah. Terrifying.
0: <laughs> right. So they all get on the train and head out, but Fielding has not arrived. Despite
1: Aziz's assertion that Englishmen never miss trains. (laughs) Right. Again, your stereotypes are really not helping you.
0: Yeah. But he just misses. He pulls up as the train is is pulling away and. Aziz is like, come on, you know, jump on the train, which it seems like he still could have done, really.
1: I agreed. I was like, it wouldn't like, it wasn't going fast. Yeah,
0: like they were within range of each other long enough to have a reasonably detailed conversation. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he's he's in a cab with the professor and uh-huh. says that his prayers went too long yeah. that morning. So Aziz is devastated. Yeah, like he is just like crushed that feel you know, and this is bro. Yeah, and. uh... So Fielding decides that he's going to have to get a car and like get up there on his own at least to Despite
1: the fact the professor tells him that in his you know prayers that morning or
0: he says that
1: was tu- it Oh it's Tuesday, it's Tuesday and Tuesdays are are bad days for traveling. Right. or just something like that. So yeah. we're like okay, whatever. That's weird.
0: Yeah. That is weird. I also wonder to what extent the 7-day week existed Almost anywhere, like, before, you know, back... I should just look that up on Wikipedia sometime. Yeah. Because I was like, you know, why does Tuesday have anything in, you know, Hindu culture? But that's completely unrelated to this podcast. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, we see the ladies hanging out and having dinner, discussing, like, the sort of wackiness of this whole thing.
1: And they're traveling in Purda, Like, that's been part of the... You know the fun of this trip is that they would be traveling mm-hmm. sequestered from everybody and experiencing Indian culture in this way.
0: Yeah, and they're like, "Well, the co- the food seems fine, despite the odd place it's being prepared, as it is being pre- being prepared in the uh, the washroom." Yeah. So we see uh, Mrs. Calendar, one of the Thurston's, and she has a car, or we don't see her, but I we learn she's
1: it. the the collector's wife. Okay, I'm pretty sure.
0: I think. No, I think no. She's the major's wife because major oh, right, is major, major calendar. calendar. Yeah. yeah. Anyway,
1: is her name Marie?
0: <laughs> I can only hope. <laughs> I don't think it's ever said. But anyway, he learns that she has a car and is driving like right up by the caves for whatever reason. Yeah,
1: she's going on some sort of like mission trip or something. Yeah,
0: yeah. So Fielding will get a ride with her, and the professor bails on the trip. He's yeah. Like,
1: He's like, I already told you, Tuesday, bad news. I'm yeah. out.
0: Like, I think he just sort of, like, walks away, too. Like, it doesn't even really oh, say yeah, anything. Yeah, he does. He's just like, alright. Bye! <laughs> so, as the train is going over a bridge over a fairly deep valley, Aziz decides to come along, climbing on the outside of the cars and check on.
1: Well, and he's like hanging off of the side of the train and he says he's Douglas Fairbanks. (laughs) Right. Which we laughed at harder than basically anything in this movie.
0: Well, because it's about to not be fun anymore. Well, yeah. But, uh,
1: yeah, we laughed so hard because he's just like, what's up?
0: Yeah. And he also tells them that he has a big surprise waiting for them once they get off the train. And the surprise is an elephant. Mm-hmm. They will be riding an elephant up to the caves. It's uh, it's a fancy elephant too. It's all, very fancy. All painted up.
1: Elephants <laughs> are so adorable.
0: All tarted up. Yeah. Um, no, it's uh it's super, you know, uh cool.
1: I also always have preferred Indian elephants to African elephants, mm. even though their ears are smaller. <laughs> yeah. In case anyone wanted to buy one for me. <laughs> that is my preference. Oh, Stampy. <laughs> what if Bard got an elephant? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Aziz says that he feels like a mogul emperor, like his ancestors. So that must be nice. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty cool. I, that's a cool surprise. I'll, I, I got to give it to Aziz on that one. So at the caves, they're sitting down to have uh, food and drink. And Aziz comes up and like, here's some port that I'm sure you want. And they're like...
1: Yeah, that was part of their, their plan when he was hanging with his friends. They're like, oh, you have to have port. Yeah. Like, English ladies have got to have their port. <laughs> right. If they don't have their port, they drop dead.
0: <laughs> right. And they're like, oh, wow, that's just what we want at lunch in a hot summer day. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, and then they're planning to head on into the actual caves, Uh, but Mrs. Moore is a bit concerned. She says she had a bad time once at the waxworks, but she said that that she was with her first husband at the time and that may have had something to do with it, and he was very conventional, unlike apparently her second husband, who was apparently quite unconventional Yes, in ways that are never specified. But
1: Well, we do know that her daughter... Because Ronnie is her son by her first husband, mm-hmm. and then her daughter was by her second husband. And we know that her daughter is an artist, mm-hmm. which is kind of surprising considering that her son is, you know, a Saab magistrate in right. the, you know, British he's, Indian Empire. He's
0: there trying to crush art. Yeah. <laughs> so we see a ton of people crowding into the cave, and it's just lit by, you know, one lantern that the guide has. He tells them all to be quiet,: yeah, because for some
1: reason, this expedition has involved like 50 people. Mm-hmm. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, once you've got an elephant involved,
1: yeah, that's true.
0: but and you know, to carry the tables and the chairs and the food and the port <laughs> and you know everything else it it adds up. So the guide has asked them all to be quiet because of the echoes inside the cave. Uh, one baby doesn't get the memo.
1: Right? Shut up, baby. Who then <laughs> brings a baby on an expedition like this? Right. Baby, go home. <laughs>
0: baby, go home. it has been a message from the anti-baby league. <laughs> uh, so the guide says something loud, and it does indeed echo all crazy, like, Moore is getting, like, very uncomfortable in this crowded cave. And then Aziz decides that this would be a great time to shout, Mrs. Moore, and have that echo all crazy everywhere.
1: Spoiler alert, the phrase Mrs. Moore is like the I am Spartacus of this movie.
0: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Uh, And that, uh, surprisingly, having her name mysteriously echoing from every direction does not make claustrophobic Mrs. Moore feel more comfortable.
1: No. uh, And I thought she was going to... Shuffle off this mortal coil right now, because yeah. like she looked like she was having a heart attack.
0: Yeah, but instead she just like books it out of that cave. Uh, Questlove comes out and talks with her a bit, and Mrs. Moore feels that she is living in a godless universe.
1: Yeah. So well, and it's really weird because like she's like still talking to Questlove, but Questlove has already gone to get her a drink of water.
0: Right. And then
1: like, but she still thinks she's there, and then she's like, "Oh, how long have I been talking to myself <laughs> about
0: this?" <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she is not going to go on the next part. Apparently the caves up the hill are more uh, cool. Yeah, but
1: it's like a long walk and she doesn't want to strain herself further. Probably a good idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So she says, don't bring in the whole entourage this time. Just go in with just you two and the guide. Yeah. And Aziz is like, good. You're right. I did a terrible job with that first part. (laughs) We see Questlove checking out the view with some binoculars. The city is barely visible from that distance. And she asks Aziz, rather suddenly, if he loved his wife when he married her. And he's like, well, I had not met her at that time. It was an arranged marriage, so I can't really answer that question. Then at this point, Kelly's phone brought up an adorable video of a friend of ours' baby. Oh, yeah, it's true. Right.
1: Former guest Natasha Muse's baby. That's right.
0: Yeah. Natasha Muse's baby was very adorable. And so, for about thirty seconds, we weren't quite paying attention, and then we couldn't really figure out a way to get it to go back due to the way we were using Chromecast and everything. So we missed the next thirty seconds of this.
1: Yeah, we're not totally sure what happened in lieu of watching a baby kind of like sing Outcasts, Hey Ya!
0: Yeah, right,
1: which I maintain was the correct choice. Yeah, no regrets. No, none at all.
0: <laughs> we recommend you all do the same. <laughs> Even though this turns out to be really a pivotal part of the movie, yeah, as right, because we, had, as we, did not we know. man,
1: we were like, it was, it was even deeper of a mystery for the rest of this, because <laughs> we were like, what happened, right? I, well, but anyway, but they have, I think, what happened was they just kind of they shared this moment, and I was like, oh, look out, bitches, here comes the inappropriate kissing. Mm-hmm. But you know, there's this sort of moment that passes between them where they are like, oh, we're kind of attracted to each other,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Because in true Edwardian fashion, as soon as you get left alone with a member of the opposite sex, you immediately develop uh, a throbbing hot desire for their body. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, so they, uh, they head off towards the caves, and Aziz is like, uh, let me go off for a smoke. I'm too flustered at the moment to go into a cave with you. Mm-hmm. So he heads off and is kind of hanging out by the, gu- by the guide over there. And Questlove goes into a cave by herself. Uh, She hears Aziz calling for her outside, but just doesn't answer. Yeah, she's lit a match. And then
1: she extinguishes the match. And it's just sort of like in this cave.
0: Yeah, so that when he looks in, he just sees a black cave and doesn't see her. And she is fine with that for reasons that are rather, uh, they're interior. Yeah. And she also starts to cry a bit at this point. So back down at base camp, we see the elephant taking a bath. That's always fun. Yep. Uh, and Mrs. Brooks knows just, like, suddenly... I mean, Mrs. Moore? Yeah. I don't know where that came Brooks? from. Brooks? Yeah. What is this, little women? <laughs> I don't know. Mrs. Moore uh, has feels a disturbance in the force, apparently. And it's like, something's happened. And then sees Questlove just, like, running off down the hill. Uh, Aziz, still at the top... Is so frustrated they can't find Questlove and hits the guide for yeah. not having kept an eye on her. Then sees Questlove running uh, and grabs her binoculars that are on the ground and follows her.
1: Yeah, and I think he also sees Mister Fielding getting out of the car. Yeah, and Questlove getting into
0: yeah the car. Yeah, I mean we see that at some point yeah. that that happens. So, Fielding greets Mrs. Moore as he gets up to base camp, has a drink, and then Aziz runs up and says that Questlove got into Callender's car and left. Mm -hmm. And Moore's like, I think, I think this party's over. I think we should leave. And Aziz is like, uh, yeah. Questlove is all bloody. We see her like, just like, ripped up and like like what the fuck
1: yeah we have no idea what happened to her right like
0: completely mysterious yeah
1: no but they're like wrestling her into bed and she's like you know she's like hyperventilating she's saying she can't get her clothes off it's very weird
0: yeah very strange
1: because as far as we know nothing happened right like nothing happened she just freaked the fuck out
0: yeah yeah
1: Like, this is why you don't go into a cave by yourself.
0: Right. Especially when you're having, like, a moment anyway. Yeah. So on the train, Fielding says that he'll take Aziz back to his place for a drink once they get there. But there's a huge crowd at the station, and Aziz is under arrest. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fielding is like, what the hell? You know, he's fighting it. Ronnie pulls more away. She's trying to stay back to find out what's going on, and he is, like, literally dragging her so as Aziz is getting taken away, Fielding is like staying with him. He's like, okay, you know, I'm going to stay with you. We're going to figure out what's going on here. But then some Thurston like calls Fielding away, and Fielding can't say no. So Aziz is getting arrested by himself. More finally, like puts her foot down and stops getting dragged away, and sees Aziz in you know endurance vial or whatever. So yeah, the Thurston tells Fielding that. Questlove, and Mrs. Callender have accused Aziz of rape. Mm -hmm. And we're like, whoa.
1: Right? Because, like, we were there the whole time, Yeah, we thought. Yeah. And there wasn't any rape. Like, the guy didn't rape her. Aziz didn't rape her. Rape
0: wasn't even on the table. Right. That was not happening. Yeah. So that's weird. So the superintendent of police tells Fielding that Questlove hit Aziz with the binoculars and they're broken and that's, that's how she got away. That on his person he had a letter discussing the tarts in Calcutta and that's, you know, goes to his character flaws. And Fielding at that point points out that if that's the qualification for character flaws, perhaps both of the people currently in the room might not pass with flying colors and the superintendent's like,
1: no, this is the Scottish guy, right? Yeah, who played Captain Nita yeah. in Star Wars: uh Emperor Strikes Emperor, <laughs> The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, just FYI, Star Wars heavy episode here. Yeah, it is. I mean, Alan Guinness is in the mix, so right. it kind of can't be helped.
0: Right, look out! And Questlove's injuries come from her flight down the ravine. She like fell in some rocks and then uh into a patch of cactuses.
1: Which is like why you don't run screaming down the side of a mountain. (laughs) Right. You fucking idiot.
0: What are you, Sideshow Bob? (laughs) Fielding says that he wants to see her. And apparently she's under sedation at the moment, so he can't. But, you know, he will will eventually. Uh, And the superintendent says to be careful. Things could get nasty with this whole affair. And if he wants to see Aziz, he's going to have to apply to the magistrate, good old Ronnie.
1: Which seems like maybe Ronnie shouldn't be in charge of this particular case, it's, given the fact that it's his fiance.
0: You would think that. Some guy then brings in Aziz's things from his house, and the superintendent is flipping through them, including that picture of his wife.
1: And, like, we're, like, heartbroken because yeah. this is, like, so
0: inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Aziz's, uh, legal counsel comes in. And,
1: and it's his two friends. Right. Uh, who had been with the group hanging out before. Yeah.
0: And Fielding says, hey. Uh, and he actually, he talks to them a bit out in the hall, uh, and the sort of receptionist or whatever for the police department is kind of like glowering at them mm-hmm. listening in. But apparently they want to call in uh amritrao who is a very like well-known like kind of radical indian lawyer yeah uh to, to bring him on the, the into the case quest loves lying in bed she says she's had an echo in her head she can't get it out it's still echoing from the caves so that's weird yeah that echo generally just stays in the caves of mount yeah Marabar. it usually
1: doesn't fall it's not like a ghost right or is it?
0: <laughs> well, that's that's why those caves are so popular, apparently. Yeah. Well, now Questlove is haunted. Right. Come to the caves of Barabar. Be haunted to the end of your days. <laughs> Moore insists that Aziz is innocent, that he couldn't have done it. Uh, but Ronnie, who is also there, says that it's too late. The machinery has started, and it's going to have to go through. Back at Fielding's place, he gets home and the professor greets him and apologizes for having, you know, thrown off the thing that morning. He asks he asks if the trip was successful, and Fielding is like, uh, Aziz got arrested, and the professor's like, Yeah, I heard. So <laughs> He
1: really is inscrutable. Isn't yeah. that how they described him? He's just like yeah. He's literally on a different plane from everyone else. Like, white, Indian, it doesn't matter. Like, this guy is on his own journey.
0: Yeah. because Cool, well, because he's like, don't you care about Dr. Aziz? And he's like, whether I care or not is not going to make the slightest bit of difference as to what happens. Yeah. So anyway, the reason I'm here is he's <laughs> going off to start a school and he would like Fielding's advice on what he should name that school.
1: Well, he wants to name it the uh, Richard Fielding High School after Mm -hmm. his, you know, educational mentor, Mr. Fielding, right? Or the King George V High School, (laughs) yeah. Which is just, I don't know. I I think it's like this beautiful irony that he like equates the two of them in his mind. Yeah,
0: I think he actually said Emperor George V.
1: I think he said Emperor King George V. Okay, yeah, because that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's hilarious. It is and sad, but also hilarious.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Aziz's lawyer friends tell him that he's not going to get bail, but Amritrao is coming, pro bono. Mm-hmm. He's going to he take up the fight. He refuses to take a fee. Yes.
1: And just, uh, I mean, it's like the first good thing that really has happened to Aziz since he met Mrs. Moore in that mosque. <laughs> oh, right. You
0: know? <laughs> right. So the white people are having a meeting.
1: Oh, yeah. They're having, this is one of those white people meetings you've heard so much <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah, it happens. They are closing ranks and it is terrible terrifying yeah all of the thurston's in one room
0: right uh so head thurston says everybody stay calm says don't start going carrying guns around because that you know one spark could lead to whatever uh and also don't talk about things in front of your servants Uh
1: uh-huh
0: and he also says that a lot of what's going on there is just this festival going on which has been kind of going on in the background it's some monkey themed festival yeah
1: which we meant to look up and we forgot right
0: Ronnie arrives. He's been keeping the Indians down somewhere else. (laughs) And then Thurston says essentially, he essentially calls out Fielding. Who is there? Who's there for being an Indian lover. Mm -hmm. And very like, someone present who I shall not name and all this sort of. Yeah,
1: he's super British about it. Yeah. But Fielding gets straight up Clint Eastwood on his ass.
0: (laughs) That's right. He stands up, he says that he believes that Aziz is innocent. If he is wrong, then he'll leave the country, and in any case, he's resigning from the club immediately and heads out.
1: Yeah. It's pretty awesome. It
0: is. Very Jerry Maguire.
1: It is. (laughs) He does not ask who's coming with him, however, because clearly it's not his crowd.
0: Yeah. He knows the answer to that There's no
1: Renee Zellweger there.
0: (laughs) We see Thurston telling Ronnie uh, essentially that old folks are weird uh, in reference to Mrs. Moore. And so Ronnie heads into her room and asks her not to leave. Apparently she has decided that, you know, the well, time Well, she's, come.
1: you know, maintaining Aziz's innocence. And that's right. why everybody's acting like she's so weird because they're like, you know, uh, this Indian raped your soon-to-be daughter-in-law. Shouldn't you be mad? And she's like, uh, no, because he didn't do that. You dumb dummies.
0: Right. And so they're like, oh, senility, right? <laughs> yeah so he's trying to ask her not to leave saying because she's you know a key witness in this case that's coming up and she says no and he asks her to at least doesn't she want to at least stay to see their wedding and she has no real interest in that at all yeah so she's not going to and she we cut to her leaving on the train and she sees the professor actually as the train pulls out and he gives her like a uh, some sort of salute like yeah i think think
1: he did uh like a namaste thing didn't he yeah but it was like like up above his head
0: yeah yeah we see q riding in the car q uh and she's like real like spaced out she's like what is going on Well, she's
1: been under sedation
0: right right um and also under craziness yeah and she's still clearly under both uh angry crowds line the route A rock hits the window, and many of the protesters are dressed as monkeys.
1: Yeah, and she's in there with the collector and his wife. Yeah, yeah. They're escorting her. And there,
0: she's all, like, spaced out and checking everything out, and the two of them are just both, like, standing... Ram sitting sorry they're sitting ramrod straight eyes straight forward. you know no expression they're like i'm not there's no indians here i'm not seeing them i'm stiff british
1: no it's so interesting too because it's Well, but, but i mean i think it's it's not just that i mean they're in terror for their lives because they all are very afraid that this is the beginning of an uprising right right and you know uh the thing about being uh representatives of a colonial empire is that you are the first ones to die (laughs) like that's what happens yeah yeah um so i think it's you know it is you know but i mean their britishness is the only armor that they have so well
0: i mean certainly it had happened you know repeatedly throughout throughout the british occupation of india there were mutinies here and there Mm -hmm. i mean it happened often
1: incidentally i think it is worth mentioning i know a lot of people who listen to this podcast really like call the midwife mm-hmm. um but these are the sort of people that chummy grew up amongst yeah her mother being one of them
0: yeah, yeah um
1: you know it was a couple of years later right that that she would have been growing up there but uh yeah just fyi yeah good call yeah thank you i pay attention. <laughs> context
0: <laughs> But yeah, one of the even one of, one of the monkey protesters like gets right up on the car and in Questlove's face. Yeah, she's like, "This is just like the one time I felt aroused."
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but in the courtroom, everybody stands as Questlove enters, except for the defense lawyers. Yes, particularly Amatrano, who very lounges very ostentatiously. He
1: is kind of my favorite person. Yeah, he's amazing.
0: He really is. Uh, Ronnie comes in and sits in the spectators gallery with Questlove and they're like, oh, aren't you whatever? And he's like, no, I'm directly resolved, re- involved in this. I had to recuse myself.
1: This is literally the only good choice that Ronnie makes the <laughs> entire
0: movie. Yes. So his deputy, Das, is taking over. And so he has an Indian deputy. So mm-hmm. all, it's a surprise we were not expecting that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, and the Thurston's are displeased with this. Oh, yeah. Because regardless of uh, Ronnie's assertion that he's a good man, meaning, you know, a company man, mm-hmm. uh, they're like, uh, we would have felt a lot better with a white dude. Yeah.
0: So, the superintendent gives his opening statement. Yeah, so he's
1: essentially the, you know, prosecutor. Right. In addition to being the superintendent of police.
0: Yeah, Uh, And he, among, (laughs) included in his list of things in the opening statement is what he believes the universal law, that the darker races are attracted to the fairer, but not vice versa. And Amitrao chimes in, even when the woman is uglier than the man, and... The and of course the galleries are segregated. The Indian spectators are in the upper balcony. They go crazy for that joke.
1: And I mean, I think especially because really, you know, sorry, Judy Davis, you ain't cute. (laughs) Yeah, you are not cute. And Aziz is, you know, he's 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 cute. Yeah, like he's not super attractive. I mean, but I'd rate him above her for sure.
0: Probably. I mean, you know, it, he's one of those where if it was like that, he could be somebody's like type, like if you're like, oh yeah, that's exactly what I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. Like that. He's
1: not universally attractive. Right,
0: right. We see Mrs. Moore standing on a boat, apparently. She's
1: the king of the world!
0: Pondering whether or not to drop her heart of the ocean diamond into <laughs> it. Uh, but then she has like a medical episode; She's really not feeling well and, and she stumbles over and sits down on a deck chair
1: and dies yeah i thought that was pretty clear
0: i mean i assumed i thought it was clear that she was like yeah i thought it was was, was
1: very clear that she died though in that shot okay like she there's like a stillness that happens okay
0: you know that didn't strike me but either way it was clear that the purpose of that shot was to establish that she's going to die on this boat yeah and the next day in court the judge warns of rowdiness that he will not be having any rowdiness in his courtroom
1: not like yesterday
0: right The superintendent says that uh, the caves of Malabar suck. So that's the first suspicious thing. (laughs) Why would you go there?
1: (laughs) He's like, listen, we all know
0: these caves are stupid. Right.
1: Even that weird Indian professor says so. And we don't even like that guy.
0: (laughs) Uh, And he says that Dr. Aziz bribed Anthony to leave the party so that everybody there was like his people. But Amritrao objects to that. I forget why, but it was for a reason that was sustained. Yeah. His objection is sustained. And again, the Indian crowd goes crazy for it. And it's just, you know, seeing white people get beaten by an Indian.
1: Yeah. It's great. Yeah. The white people are not amused.
0: Right. Uh and then the lawyer that's one of, not Amritra, but one of Aziz's friends suddenly gets super pissed off that Mrs. Moore left and is not there mm-hmm. because she cannot provide testimony now for various aspects of it. And he just, like, he won't stop going on about it. He denounces the trial. He quits. He's resigning. He's throwing away his whole career, and he storms out of the courtroom.
1: Yeah. And again, the gallery goes crazy.
0: Yeah. And outside, he begins a chant for Mrs. Moore. Yeah. Mrs. Moore. Mrs. Moore and ever the whole crowd outside who has no idea what's been going on yeah. or who that is it's like yeah Mrs. Moore it's
1: fantastic yeah I also want to point out this has nothing to do with the plot but they have a really interesting um fan in the courtroom oh, yeah. you see a guy pulling this cord and it's this long pipe that's got like a curtain attached to it you know fanning mm-hmm. the crowd and yeah. they have a glass ceiling actually mm. which seems to me like that would be hotter than not a glass ceiling but i guess i don't have lights in there so
0: right oh yeah yeah
1: anyway interesting architecture on this hall of justice they're in
0: yes agreed yeah so amr trial apologizes for his colleague be- getting carried away and the trial moves on uh, we see more being buried at sea
1: very sad yeah
0: we she really was, liked mrs moore she was great yeah So Questlove is called to the stand and gets sworn in. She's still all spacey and like,
1: (laughs) Is that a a medical condition? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What is it, Doctor?
0: She's,
1: (gasps) No, not.
0: It's true. It's in the new ICD-10 manual (laughs) and everything. Uh, she says that it was Mrs. Moore that suggested that they go alone into the caves at the top of the hill. Because Mrs. Moore liked him. The superintendent then asks what happened. She has flashbacks to the scene throughout all this. Uh, she says that- Yeah, it's, and we're
1: like, yeah, please tell the court and the audience at home what happened. Right. Because we were watching that baby video. <laughs> right. So we might have missed something. <laughs> he could have raped her. We have no idea. You're
0: right. But she says that it's partly her fault. She shouldn't have asked him about his marriage. And the superintendent's like, okay, why did you? And she says, well, I suppose it's because I realized that I didn't love Ronnie. And <laughs> Ronnie's like, hey. <laughs> I recused myself for you.
1: <laughs> I'm not the one on trial here.
0: Uh, so he continues questioning her, and she eventually... When asked, like, when it gets down to it and is like, okay, so describe the actual raping. She's like, uh, you know what? I'm not quite sure that that actually happened. Yeah, I think I made a mistake on that and that Aziz never followed her into that cave. Uh So hubbub, as yeah. you can imagine. Quite the stir. Das sort of redirects her and says that takes over the questioning for himself. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the Thurston's pops up, and it's like, "I stop this trial on medical grounds," and Das is like, "Shut up!" <laughs>
1: <laughs> How can you even do that?
0: <laughs> you can't. Like it was just like this desperate thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but and so he asks, "Do you withdraw this accusation?" And she says, "She withdraws everything." So the other lawyer that is an armatow runs out and announces the verdict to the crowd. They all go crazy.
1: And then they rush the courtroom. And then
0: they rush the courtroom. Making
1: the Thurston's very uncomfortable. Right.
0: So inside, before they, they quite make their way in, the superintendent asks Questlove if she's mad. And she says no. And uh, the monsoon starts at this climactic moment.
1: They've been saying throughout right. that it was you know about time for it to start. And Ronnie had asked Mrs. Moore to wait until the monsoon was over to leave. Mm-hmm. But she was like, fuck you. Right. I'm going to go die (laughs) because I hate you. (laughs) Right. Well, and actually as she was leaving, she knew she was going to die soon because she said she wanted to go back and see, um,
0: what's her daughter's name? Yeah.
1: Stella. Yeah. Um, she wanted to go back and see Stella and get things in order. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she knew the end was near. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the Indians pour in and carry Aziz out on their shoulders. Amitrao is still chill as fuck.
1: That dude is awesome.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, I want him
1: to defend me everywhere.
0: Yeah, you know, even though it seems like he kind of you know wasted a trip to an extent, but
1: I mean, he seems like he's probably a pretty good uh, operator, like in that he can kind of claim victory for himself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah,
0: yeah, that's true.
1: You know, the outcome, the outcome. The outcome was up. great. Yeah. So
0: yeah, I can't compl- I, Yeah, I mean, I imagine as a lawyer, you can't complain about a win. Yeah, you know, regardless, a win is a win. Yeah. So the white people are heading out, uh, some Thurston lady says, bitch. Yeah. Questlove's like, whoa. Yeah. That was rough. Uh, Fielding asks Questlove what the hell she's been doing, you know, with this whole rape accusation, and then she's like, oh, I don't know, I'm just gonna walk home. And he's like, no, you're not gonna walk home. They will kill you! <laughs> right. So, he then, Aziz, being carried around, triumphantly calls off to Fielding, uh, but then sees Fielding and Quest love mm-hmm. together and is sad. Yeah. He is jealous of one of them. Yeah. It's well, it's not,
1: you know, it's not jealous. Well, it's just like, why are you hanging out with that hoe?
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, that's true. You're right.
1: Like, she did just almost destroy his entire life. Y- you're absolutely... And Fielding has been his friend.
0: You're, you're But I mean,
1: you know, Fielding is... Uh, and, you know, we'll get into this a bit more. But I mean, Fielding is in an impossible position. He can't be... Yeah. He can't be on both sides here.
0: Right, right.
1: Although he is now the only white person showing any compassion to uh, Questlove in the wake of her, you know, dashing their hopes of, you know, slamming the Indian race down yet another notch. Right.
0: So, yeah, they head off in a car. Indians place garlands on both of them, which makes sense because, you know, most of them probably have no idea which white person was Questlove. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, and they point out that it's Fielding. And as they yeah. drive away, they're like, oh, that was Mrs. Moore. Right. Like, that was her. <laughs> and I'm like, shut your mouth. Mrs. Moore is worth 20 of Questlove.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, in, carriage, in, in the carriage, Fielding is again like, what the fuck? And she says that the Echo is gone now. He says that he thinks the superintendent exorcised her on the stand by forcing her to go back through that day mm-hmm. and figure out why she went so crazy. Um, or at least that she went so crazy. Yeah. And then they talk some about ghosts.
1: Because Mrs. Moore believes in them. Right, yeah. And he says that he thinks that uh, as we get older, we, you know, we become more and more convinced that there is life after death or mm. that the dead go on living mm. and then Questlove says oh because of course they don't right which uh, that's pretty heavy man
0: it's a pretty heavy you know existential movie yeah At you know points back at Fielding's there's a telegram for him which he reads and then hands to Questlove it is the news of Moore's death mm-hmm. uh, sent by just a one of her fellow passengers yes Uh, Not clear why she telegrammed Fielding personally. Yeah, and
1: there's this really awkward, like, meta scene that happens around it because the professor comes to talk to Fielding because he's leaving. Mm -hmm. He's going to go start his school. And he's like, haven't you heard that Aziz? He's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Right. I'm starting my school.
0: Does Um, that affect the name of my school? Yeah. Then no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, like, it's this whole thing where, like, because the professor's like, why did she telegram you? And he's like, be quiet. I'm sure she also telegrammed Ronnie. And I'm like, how did she even know to telegram you?
0: Right. It was just strange. Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah, we do also learn uh, from the professor when he arrives, or is told to the professor when he arrives, I believe, that uh, Amritrao is suing for damages mm-hmm. for, I believe, 20,000 rupees Yeah, for the false accusation, which, fair enough.
1: Yeah, I think it's totally fair. Yeah. I meant to look up the conversion rate,
0: but yeah. I forgot. That's fine. I mean, with inflation, it's not even... More than about 40 years ago for any currency is just sort of a guesstimate. Yeah.
1: Well, somebody's got a guesstimate. Well, I know. It's better than what I have, which is like, what's a rupee? <laughs> Cousins, I know what a rupee is.
0: <laughs> we see Aziz getting dressed, and he's getting dressed in Indian clothing, not the Western suits he's been wearing mm-hmm. throughout the movie so far. Fielding arrives, and Aziz asks where he took Questlove to very confrontationally. Fielding defends her, and Aziz is kind of, like, wavering about it, you know, because she did destroy his life, or, Uh you know, very nearly. Uh, And Aziz says that some people are coming by to throw a party for him in a minute, and after that, he is going to go find some Indian state that's not under British rule and live there. Mm -hmm. Fielding is also going to be leaving, like, India, and Aziz is, like, on the same boat as Questlove who is leaving like immediately and he's like no dummy i've got to you know wrap up my semester and whatever else you know i'll be leaving later like this isn't about me and quest love dude
1: yeah but aziz is like convinced that they're like doing it yeah
0: he's very convinced
1: even though she's not beautiful and has practically no breasts
0: <laughs> right fielding asks aziz to drop the lawsuit and Aziz says, "Oh, yeah, that's what you—that's what you came here for, so that I could drop the lawsuit, and then all the white people could say about me." He b- almost behaved like a gentleman, mm-hmm. uh, and it was really like,
1: "Well." And when Fielding gets there and sees Aziz dressed up, he says, "I'm an Indian at last." Yeah, because and it's like it's not spelled out in this movie, but definitely he's somebody who, you know, I don't think he fetishized Western culture, but I think he saw a lot of value in Western culture yeah. until it, you know, almost destroyed him. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, he's like, okay, I'm doubling down on being Indian. Fuck the British.
0: Yeah. No. And he was very, like, it was very on point that, mm-hmm. that last little bit there. Uh, and then the party arrives, like it's a, it's a moving party. It's already going on. And there's a place of honor set out for him in like a, you know, sedan chair or something. Mm-hmm. So he's got to go. He asks if fielding is coming and fielding is not. And they're both sad. Yeah, because I mean,
1: and and Aziz has said something like, oh, you Englishmen all stick together. And, you know, Fielding's like, kind of, but not really. But, I mean, Fielding is just, you know, he's just sort of the middleman in this whole thing. And it's not, you know, and I think he's genuinely a good person. But it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, he does play both sides of the field. Mm -hmm. And it's like mm, ethically dubious. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it rains on Fielding. Yeah. And uh, so then we cut... I, I, that kind of felt like the end of the movie to me, but it wasn't. We cut to some shots of like the Himalayas, so we're up, uh, and, well, we knew that the professor was going to Kashmir, so that's where I was figuring we were going. Uh, but we see the professor finding Aziz, who's living in this mountain state, wherever it is, and he tells Aziz that they're arriving. He says that Fielding and Mrs. Fielding are going to be arriving the next day.
1: And staying in the guest house of, you know, the The, mayor or whoever. Right,
0: right. And Aziz is mad. He has been, he's, the professor's like, well, you know, you threw away all their letters. He was like, yeah, because I don't want to see them. Mm -hmm. But... And the professor also had known for a while that they were coming. He just didn't tell Aziz until the day before because he knew Aziz was, you know. A dick. Yeah.
1: Well, because it's, you know, the implication is that Fielding married Miss uh, Questlove. right? Because it's like, I think he said the letter started out, uh, I am getting married and it is someone that you know. And they only right. know one woman. <laughs> right. So, right. you know, Aziz is rightfully uh, upset that his worst nightmare has come true. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But uh, the professor asked him to just show them around. Uh, so we see them, and we're like, wait a minute. Did Questlove have facial reassignment right? surgery?
1: It's very uh, unclear Yeah, what is going on there.
0: Right. Uh, and she kind of hangs out and looks at a mountain. They get in a boat and are uh, rowed across a lake. And we see also a pretty young boy and girl who are rowing their own boat. And the boy is like, oh, check it out. There's some people or whatever. And the girl is just like, not impressed.
1: Yeah. She's like, uh, they're white people. Yeah. Get out of my lake, white people.
0: You don't even know how to row. Yeah. Uh, it was very cute. So they arrive at, you know, the end of the lake. And those kids actually turn out to be Aziz's children. Yes. And he kind of sends them off. And so they have this sort of this awkward meeting. Fielding tells them that he had stopped in, uh, what was the city, Chandrapur? Yeah, it was Chandrapur. Chandrapur. And says he had stopped in on the way and that Aziz's old bungalow is a shop now. And uh, also, this is Stella. It is not Questlove.
1: It is Mrs. Moore's artist daughter. Yeah. uh, Who Questlove introduced him to. Uh, but is not Quest Love. Right. So Aziz is like, wah, 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 wah.
0: <laughs> yeah, he feels much better. And uh, also she's pregnant, by the way, that it yeah. comes up. Uh, so we see Aziz write to Quest Love to basically ask forgiveness and be like, you know what? Bygones be bygones, everything's cool now. Uh, and we see Aziz saying goodbye to the Fieldings they have reconciled and they part friends and we see Questlove reading Aziz's letter and looking out the window and she's kind of like contemplative. Yeah, she's got a really bad haircut too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that is a passage to India.
1: Yeah, it was great. It was great. We hope you also enjoyed it. Yeah. Because we thought it was really fun.
0: Yeah, we really did. We, you know, we didn't you know, not too much to make fun of in it. <laughs>
1: yeah, sorry. <laughs> this has probably been really boring. Um, there are a lot of key differences, though, from the book. Right. As we discovered.
0: Yeah. Uh, most interestingly, in the original version of the book, he later published a different one. In the original version, Aziz actually did rape her. Yeah, Which is like, so, what?
1: Yeah. I don't see how that hangs with the rest of the story. Yeah. But, yeah. okay.
0: I, just, just bizarre. and And... Yeah, and I forget what the other differences were now. That was well, the one that stuck out to Aziz me. Aziz
1: was a lot more um, pro-independence. Like I think that was teased out yeah, a lot more in the book. Yeah. And at the end of the book, his sort of conclusion is that he and Fielding can't actually be friends until British rule is lifted from India. Right,
0: right, yeah. But, uh, yeah, just – but, I mean, just what they did portray of, of the British rule was – clearly against it while still maintaining you know nuance and you know sort of sensitivity or whatever Mm -hmm. like and just it just you know things were complicated and not oversimplified and yeah just really interesting i mean i'll say you know I, i i i was wondering to what extent also, the book was more ambiguous about the rape until, like, the big reveal, you know? Yeah, that's true. Because this one was clear just because from what we saw, I mean, even with the baby video in the middle, <laughs> <laughs> we saw Aziz outside the cave the whole time and mm-hmm. then looking for, like, it just couldn't have happened. Yeah. yeah. We knew that he was innocent, not just from his character, but from the actual events that happened. Yeah uh and aziz was just such a crazy character like i just yeah enjoyed he him. was
1: a really great character Yeah, he he had so many different layers to him
0: and just such a weird energy to him yeah. and yeah well and
1: fielding was a great character yeah. as well they were yeah. both really fun yeah i mean quest love was really boring mrs moore was fantastic yeah um no and i really liked aziz's posse they were awesome yeah they were it was uh it was a highly enjoyable jam
0: yeah we, we give it thumbs up we do
1: Mm -hmm. all right so uh that does it for a passage to india we will be back next time with our recap of black outer goes forth Mm -hmm. joined by cousin jackie the dowager cousin Jackie. that's right so until next time up Up yours yours downstairs, downstairs luncheon out